Yeah. All right. Hello. Hi. Hello. I'm Dan. I'm Patrick. I'm Carrie. Grandpa. And welcome to the 2019 Academy Awards. Can't believe it. Yep, we're catching up. Uh, this is If I Ran the Oscars, our podcast where we look at one movie from each year the Oscars were on TV. We look at what it won for, and then we pick... Uh, this was an interesting year uh, for film. The best picture was... Well, best picture was uh, Green Book, which is... Apparently, PG-13s don't win Best Picture all that often, which is weird. It's it's a, it's the eighth film to win Best Picture with a PG-13 rating. Nice. So apparently they're either TG or R. Hmm. Hmm. Roma is the fifth to be nominated for Best Picture and Best Foreign Language Film in the same year. Hmm. So that would have been an interesting one to get. Yeah. Uh, and uh, for that, I believe for that movie, uh, Alfonso Cuaron won Best Director and Best Cinematography okay. for the same film. So that's interesting. Uh, so Someone we're going to talk about, Mahershala Ali. Uh-huh. He won for, uh, what was it this year? Because he previously had won for, uh, well, I'll save it and talk about it later. It's not showing on this the page that I'm currently on. But he uh, got his second acting win, which makes him the second black performer to do so after Denzel Washington. So that's a pretty good deal. Immediately, two two uh, movies ago, we talked about Mary J. Blige uh, getting nominated for acting and songwriting. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, Lady Gaga did it. Mm. Uh, not a, I'm not seeing other too many other fun facts here. Uh, this was a pretty spread out year as far as films go. Uh, the one I the other one to mention is Black Panther was nominated for Best Picture, which is kind of landmark because it's the first superhero movie to be nominated for Best Picture. But we did not watch that one. We watched the other superhero movie. <laughs> Spider Man Enter Into the Spider Verse. Sorry, it's not Enter. It's Into. Uh, this is a movie where I could probably talk about the, how visually interesting this movie is for a while. Uh, but we can start with the guys who wrote it because uh, we like them. It's Phil Lord and Chris Miller. These are the writing duo behind 21 and 22 Jump Street, the movies, not the TV shows, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, and the Lego movie, which we like here in this house. Yeah. Well, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, I like the children's book better than I like the oh, film, but that's, yeah. you know, that would be me. The Lego Movie, however, is a movie with a good script and a solid visual style that required extra work to make mm-hmm. happen. Right, yes. Spider-Man, this movie is has a good story and had a visual style that required extra work. <laughs> so, at least they know what they're doing. Uh, there's also a fair number of people in this movie that we have not talked about yet, so... Let's do it! Time for a quick rundown. First one... Uh, someone that you definitely have never heard of, Shamik Moore. This is the guy who did the voice of the main character. He's a rapper. He hasn't done much in the way of film stuff. He's now the voice of this character in uh, future movies, but for the most part, he does music. Uh, and has been relatively successful. He's not like big name, everybody knows this guy. So this is definitely his most popular thing he's done. Uh Kind of going in order of appearance in the film, uh, there's multiple Spider-Mans in this one. Yes. Uh, spoiler. Multiple spoiler. Spider-Mans. The first one that you see, whose name is Peter Parker, 
is the one from the real world, and he's the most competent one. Somebody so to think. Yes. He's voiced by Chris Pine. Mm-hmm. Oh. Best known as being James T. Kirk in the Star Trek reboots, and Steve Trevor in the Wonder Woman movies. Yes. So he gets to be in both of the things. But his feature film debut, I bet you, you do not remember his feature film debut. I was trying to think of it. And I I was trying to think of when was the first time I saw him in something. The first time I saw him in something was almost certainly Star Trek. Yeah. But it was in 2004 where he played an attractive young man in The Princess Diaries 2 Royal Engagement. I, re- I recall Princess Diaries 1 being actually fairly entertaining. And I, I don't remember his role there, so that doesn't mean... He's Lord Devereux, so I assume some manner of attractive suitor. Yeah. Yeah. But then there's I Out of Shape Spider-Man, which <laughs> is... Is that, what, is that really his name on No. The... Oh. I... That would be... I, he's played by Jake Johnson who is best known for playing Nick Miller on New Girl, but has also been in a fair number of other movies. Uh, He was in that time... Remember that time that they tried to reboot The Mummy with Tom Cruise? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's in that one. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Next on our list, Haley Steinfeld. She is uh, the Gwen Stacy in this movie. She's also in the new Netflix show Arcane that I was watching a while ago and is quite good. She was in uh, Romeo and Juliet, the 2013 version. Oh. Uh, she's the Juliet. Uh, in fact, we had the Romeo in another one of our movies fairly recently. So, okay. you know, shame that that movie wasn't very good. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, more popularly, she was in the Pitch Perfect movie. And I heard those were popular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not necessarily yeah. for my taste, but you know. I uh, I did mention that we would talk about Mahershala Ali in the, this one. I mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to remember what I've seen him in because I saw his face and I went, oh, that guy. Yeah, he he's been in quite a few things. I'm I, he he's, it's hard to remember sometimes. Well, maybe the, it was I know it's from other things, but it was definitely from the cover of Green Book, which yeah. is what he won for in yeah. 2018, 2019. But he also had won for Moonlight. In 2017. He was in Hidden Figures. He was one of the officers in Hidden Figures. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember him in that. One of the love interests of yeah. one of the one of the women scientists. But now that he has his foot in the Marvel door, he was a crime boss in the Netflix Luke Cage TV series. And he is taking over the role of Blade, the vampire really? hunter really? from Marvel. Yes. Taking that from um, Wesley. You guys are so nerdy. Uh, we are. Yes, that's all right. Would you like to talk about Lily Tomlin? You what guys do we are know? So nerdy. <laughs> what do we know Lily Tomlin from? If you want to go back as far as laugh in, um, I mean, I'll take you back a few years. I was just gonna say Magic School Bus, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> laugh in is farther back than Magic. This School is true, Bus. but I was not around for laugh in. True. <clears throat> Although I don't. I wonder. I wonder how they credit her for laughing. I'm just curious. Is it she literally in, everything? You know, yeah, Magic yeah. School Bus, Sesame Street. There's all kinds of laughing from 69 to 73 is how she gets mm-hmm. credited. 
She she did not get an. I mean, I'm not surprised she didn't get an Emmy for Magic School Bus, but she did get an Emmy for her own TV special. What have we seen her in? We saw her in Nashville. Yeah, she's in that. Frankie and Grace. Mm-hmm. I uh, TV movie. She does. It looks like she does more TV than movies. Nine to five with Dolly Parton. Yeah, yeah, that's on here. Uh, I heard Huckabees. I hear that was a thing. I uh, we also saw her in later seasons of West Wing. True. Yes, in fact, True. she did yep. very well on that. Let's see. Next on here, Zoe Kravitz. Those of you who have heard of musicians, Lenny. May, wait, wait, is she related to Lenny Kravitz? Yes, that's her dad. Huh. <laughs> How about that? Uh, she was previously in a Marvel movie. She was in one of them X Men movies. Huh. Uh, and uh, and she was at the age where that got her a Teen Choice Award. Hmm. Uh, however, she's then been in the Divergent movies, which okay. are good with the teens. And now she's in the Fantastic Beast movies, which means she's in Harry Potter. Oh, dear. This. Huh. She's the voice of Mary Jane in this movie. So, is not seen much. Let's see. John Mulaney. Who, uh, this is the voice of the cartoon character that uh, someone here, who, who said it sounded like the voice of Roger Rabbit? Yeah. It's not, and that's, not. he's not putting on a voice. That's what he sounds like. John yeah. Mulaney is a writer for Saturday Night Live. Yeah. But he also does a lot of stand-up. And his stand-up is, uh, he tells stories. And he tells them very well. And it's really, it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. If you, you can hop on YouTube and find like 15 minutes of John Mulaney yeah. telling good jokes. I, I've seen him do stand-up. Yeah. Yeah. On television. Uh, how have we not talked about Nicolas Cage yet? I don't know. That's the first name I've recognized. Yeah. Except Lily Tomlin. Yeah. His, do you know what his last name actually is? Uh, wait, wait, don't tell me. Wait, wait, don't tell me. He's from that family. He is? With the, uh, 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 the... The guy who is the kung fu fighter. I don't know. Yes. Think... Um. Like. Uh, uh, oh wait. Uh, I don't think Francis Ford is a kung fu fighter. Francis Ford Coppola. That's not who you're thinking of. It's the Coppolas. Yeah, it's, it's the, the Coppolas. Coppolas. Yeah. No, there's somebody else in there. No. I'm thinking of the wrong family. You're probably thinking yeah. of the wrong family. Okay. He's not directly related to Fran to I uh, Francis is Coppola. No. His he's he's uh. Like nephews, nephew, or yeah, nephew. Yeah. However, he did. Uh, it does seem that he named one of his uh, Nick Cage named his kid Kal-El. So you know, <laughs> okay, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Good job there. Uh, Nicholas Cage has done some stuff. What's everyone's go-to Nicholas Cage movie? National Treasure. I knew that was yeah. gonna be Mom's. Yeah, mine's Face Off. I don't know. I think The Rock, maybe. See. Everyone has their favorite Nicolas Cage movie, and everyone has their least favorite five. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's a bit of a shame that he has ended up in so many stinkers. Uh, his new uh, movie that's coming out is a movie where he plays himself playing himself. So fair, and fair. it seems like he has reached the point in his career where it's come full circle. Yeah. But this is... One of the best roles I've seen him in because it's there's not a lot to it, and mm-hmm. he gets to be over the top and hammy without it taking away from the gravitas of the film. Because like Face Off, he's ridiculous, 
but it makes the movie feel weird. Well, yeah. But what about that new movie? Oh, the new movie is... It's, Where he's playing himself? I'm certain it's going to be over the top and weird and stupid because mm-hmm. that they're doing it on purpose. <laughs> uh, last uh, voice for this movie is uh, Liev Schreiber, who has been in lots of things, such as the Scream movies. Uh, no, not in, watching it. In the X-Men, he was in another Marvel movie. The remake of The Manchurian Candidate. He was. I... He was in the wolf, the first Wolverine movie as Sabretooth. The other, you know, to go with the Wolverine. He's the other oh large pointy man. <laughs> the other large pointy man. Yeah. Most recently note- noteworthy are his advertisements for Mattress Firm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I think they were on during the Olympics. <laughs> Probably, yes. <laughs> uh, now I want to see which character he plays in the My Little Pony movie. Oh, he's the Storm King, obviously. Yeah. The bad guy, <laughs> of course, the bad guy. But yeah, he's he's a pretty dependable bad guy. Yeah, I'm trying to find if there are other um, other actors that I recognize that are, shall we say, lesser on the list. I don't know, not leads. But well, I'm I not, certainly don't. I'm know. not seeing any others that are. Oh yeah, hey, make note of this. Which this? Oh, you're just saying. I'm just that saying. Not... I'm right. not seeing any that are. So then we're moving on to why we're are we, talking, on to, about why are we talking about this film? Well, we're talking about this film because it got ones of awards, and that ones of awards was best animated film. Now, those of you who like animated films may be thinking, "Huh? So no Disney movie then?" Well, let me tell you. Hmm. <laughs> It is the first non-Disney slash Pixar film to win in eight years. And it is the first one in 12 years. No, math. 12 years. I'm doing the right math, I think. To win when a Disney film was nominated. Every time a Disney film had been nominated since Happy Feet in 2006, the Disney film had won. In 2011, Rango won, but there was no Disney film that year. This time, there was a Disney film around, and now, of course, I'm going to have to quickly switch over here and look up which one it was. Which one it was, yeah. Because we want to know. Oh, Incredibles 2. Yeah. Did not win. And Ralph Breaks the Internet. Also in there, Isle of Dogs, which is Wes Anderson and looks kind of adorable and has just a pile of people in it. Yeah. Holy crap, it's well, so many Wes people. Well, because if Anderson calls you, you say... Brian yes. Cranston, Edward Norton, Liev Schreiber, okay. Bill Murray, Jeff to... Goldblum, okay, Scarlett Johansson. Okay, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> this is an animated film you're talking about? Yes, it's a stop-motion animated film about an island with dogs on it. And it's got so many people... Well, these guys' voices are... Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it's not actually them in dog uh, costumes. Yeah, yeah. That We're saving that for cats later, don't worry. Yeah. No, I don't... <laughs> So this, okay. <laughs> yeah. So this movie has we we we'll say pretty good writing, mm-hmm. but where it really comes across is in the care and attention that was put into the animation. Uh, in notes here, at one point they were employing 177 animators. It's kind of a lot. They started it. They started with 60, and then they realized they weren't going to be done in time, yeah. so they hired more. Like, tripled their workforce. Yes. The reason why things look so good is because what they did is they fixed it in post. What? They fixed 
the 3D animation in 2D post. That's weird. That's they backwards. rendered frames. Mm-hmm. So they took their 3D models and they put a virtual camera in it and they shot frames of video. Then they took those frames of video into, I'm sure they used something fancier, but Photoshop. Okay. And added in 2D effects on top of them so it looked more comic booky. So, well, that would be the blam, pow, the Spider-Verse wiggly yeah. lines. Bubbles. Yes, the dots. Voice bubbles. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Uh, to make it look more like a graphic novel, comic book. Yeah. And less like a... So, I looked up the Bende dots, which I I don't know why I thought they were called something else, uh, but I knew there was something in here called Kirby, and it's the Kirby Crackle. I don't know what that means. Kirby Crackle is... A field of black used to represent negative space around unspecified kinds of energy. And it's what you would see in kind of the background when they were having, like, big energy in the foreground. Okay. Or when people are moving somewhere and there's weird lines going on. That's something I uh, credited to the uh, comic uh, guy, Jack Kirby, who worked for Marvel Comics. And, in fact, sometimes called Kirby Dots because... It's often drawn with dots. Uh, the words on the image would be the onomatopoeia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, going as far from Biff Pow, there's a scene where a guy gets hit in the head with a bagel and a little word bagel appears above his head. <laughs> At the very end of the movie, the word hey is behind him, if you were paying attention there. <laughs> Animation-wise, the... It does use the term crunchy on here for the 12 uh, frames per second of the main character versus everything else going in 24, so it looks, he looks less refined. Well, because he wasn't ready yet. Because he wasn't ready yet. And there's the scene in the movie where he becomes ready is the scene where he switches to 24 frames per second. And at that point, everything is smooth. Let's see here. I'm not sure that I noticed, you know... Uh, the technicality of that, and it and it took me. It's maybe you know, it gives me. I get a feeling of it, but I'm not quite yeah. sure why. And that's sort of the what you want to get out of it is you want it to look really good, and then the second time, second or third time through, if you really want to know, mm-hmm. you can go through. But it's not jarring enough and like front and center, yeah. so that you are distracted from the story. And I think that's the mark of a movie that's good and has depth. Is that the first time you watch it, you go, that was a good movie. And the second time you watch it, and you find new things. Right, right. And usually, the third and fourth time, you find even more things. But then you have to really want to watch it. Let's see here. Or you have to really want to watch yeah. it, and then I watch it with you. Because we do that. Mm-hmm. So, the, a lot of the animation stuff they used was uh, saved and then used for The Mitchells versus The Machines. Oh. Which is a movie from 2021. So... Maybe we'll have to see that. It was the same writers worked mm-hmm. on that one, too. Overall, I, we've seen Incredibles, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Obviously. Uh, I don't recall Ralph Breaks the Internet. I haven't seen Isle of Dogs, but I've seen other stop-motion Wes Anderson, and it's fine. It's not great. It's mostly a pile of look how many celebrities I'm friends with. And I don't know what Mirai is, but it is Japanese, so... I don't probably wouldn't have seen it in our local theaters. As far as animated movies go, this one is both very well done, and I didn't like Incredibles two as much. Well, it's when there's a sequel, it's always difficult. It is, and there were 
with that one particularly, since we're talking about animated movies, and we did watch The Incredibles 1 for the, this podcast, there's a scene where I could have sworn that someone in the writing room wrote the scene, then went over to his board of writing check, you know, writing requirements and checked a box labeled Bechdel test. The Bechdel test is a fictional test that has no bearing in movies whatsoever. However, it is a general, like, you can kind of get a feel for how the movie treats female characters by using this. And the Bechdel test is, if a movie has two named female characters who have a conversation with each other, that's not about a man. This is un- this is not scientific. It's not mm-hmm. if your movie doesn't have this, it's a failure mm-hmm. or anything like that. Like the Avengers mm-hmm. doesn't have this. There's one. You know, there's, there's two female characters in that movie, and they don't talk to each other. This but is the Bechtel. Yep it's na- it's named after uh, the person that came up with it. Uh, and again, it's not you scientific. On that? Hmm. Spelling. B e c h d e l. I believe. C h. Okay. I don't remember off the top of my head, but. There's a scene in The Incredibles 2 where the two main females are in a room and they're talking about stuff and then the movie goes on from there and it really feels like somebody went, no, these two have to talk to each other so we can check off our diversity box and go on to the next thing. Hmm. I don't know. That's, just hmm. my, that, that's my That's something you remember. That's something I remember about that movie. I mean, it's hmm. not a bad movie. It's Pixar. Yeah. They don't make yeah. bad movies except for Planes. Yeah. Planes was a direct-to-DVD, I think it was direct-to-DVD, that was a spin-off of Cars, except they're airplanes. I don't know. <laughs> Didn't get a lot of publicity. Didn't get a lot of publicity, but I remember it. They made a sequel. Uh, in any case, very good animated movie. We like it for animated movie. What else could we possibly like around here? Let's go for supporting actress. How do you do that with an animated film? Mm. Actresses, uh, actors and actresses are basically never nominated for for voice for voice voice work. Right. So while I do think that they weren't bad performances by any stretch of the imagination, I don't think any female character in this movie had enough of a part or was a tour de force enough to get noticed, and that's fine. Sometimes that's the movie you're making. Right. Next one. Best screenplay. What do we think about the screenplay? I thought it was okay, but it, I mean... It was not nominated not, for not screenplay. A, not an Academy Award no. screenplay. And I mean, the screenplays running around on this one look pretty powerful as far, well, as, the year is, as far as the year is concerned. And this one, it's a superhero movie. We That's right there. That's yeah. A lot of people discount it right away. And that's fine. And the last one, film editing. Um, that doesn't even count. On this one, I don't think it counts. Let me just double check and see if uh-uh. it was on there. I don't no. think it was. Sound editing. I don't know that there... No. I don't think this would count. I mean, yes, there's editing that needs yeah, to be Yeah, but done, no, but... this did not count. So... Okay. A little disappointing that we rolled things that this movie basically had no... Was never in the contention for. Right. But that's part of the randomness yeah. of this and podcast. it was not really nominated for anything else. Yeah. So that's about all we've there got. We go. Yeah. Well, Patrick, did you have come up with any of your... I did come up with one thing. All right. Because you made note of Haley Steinfeld. I did. And made comment about her. Yeah. I think it's noteworthy that her, her first real film role was True Grit. That is the remake of True Grit. Correct. The 2010 version, she was 14, I think, at the time. Mm-hmm. 
it was a wonderful performance. If you want to see her performing a really good, doing a really good job at a role, she was actually nominated for Best Supporting Actress. In mm-hmm. And I just thought that was noteworthy because she did a really great job. So, in this film, maybe not so noteworthy. Well, but she, in that barely, one, she didn't do much in this film. No, but in that one, it was um, it was just something that I thought, yeah, I, I watched that fairly recently, and boy, she did a great job. Mm-hmm. Compared to the original True Grit, the, shall we say, the equivalent character in yeah. the original, I think not nearly as well portrayed. So. All right. Anyway, little thing. All right. Well... Sadly, not too much to talk about in this one, but it's very good. You should watch it, much like many of the movies we talk about here. Yeah. You should watch all of them. <laughs> That's right. Well, we want to thank the Academy for doing its job and thereby pointing us in the direction of quality filmmaking. Bye. Bye. Bye.